You are listening to NALC's You Are the Current Resident Podcast. I'm NALC Executive Vice President Brian Renfro, and this is your podcast for Friday, April 3rd, 2020. The majority of today's episode is dedicated to a new statement dated April 3rd from NALC President Fred Rolando to NALC members. Uh, you'll hear for, in just a moment the audio version of President Rolando's statement, but it includes updates on a number of issues that were ongoing as well as some new information um, that I won't spoil for you right now, um, but, but you'll hear about. So we'll go to that in just a moment, and then we'll come back to me, and uh, we'll get into answering a couple of questions that have been submitted by our listeners, and then we'll wrap up for today. So here with his statement to NALC members, dated April 3rd, 2020, is NALC President Fred Rolando. Good evening. This is President Fred Rolando. It is the evening of April 3rd, 2020. Much has changed in the past week since I last provided an update. Since then, it saddens me to report that two city letter carriers have passed away in New York due to complications from the coronavirus. In total, the Postal Service has lost eight employees to this virus. We send our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to all their families, loved ones, friends, and co-workers. As of this evening, 294 postal employees have been confirmed with the virus, and a total of 4,420 are under quarantine. Of the 4,420 employees under quarantine, 1,275 are under self-quarantine. The safety and health of letter carriers and their families remains of the utmost importance to NALC. We continue to have constant communication with the Postmaster General and other management officials regarding the Postal Service's overall efforts related to the outbreak and specific issues related to letter carriers. Most recently, NALC and the Postal Service agreed upon two more memorandums of understanding regarding COVID-19. NALC and the Postal Service agreed to implement temporary workplace changes to promote social distancing amongst city letter carriers. The agreement commits the parties to limiting individuals to working only in their employing facilities to the extent possible. The MOU also directs the local parties to immediately discuss potential scheduling and office setup changes, such as staggered start times, scheduling letter carriers to begin tours in groups of 10 or less, the manner in which stand-up talks are given, as well as break locations and times and other initiatives to maximize social distancing. Things that we took for granted in the past suddenly require adaptation. With all the closings of businesses, many carriers have to return to the office just to use the bathroom. This agreement expires on May 27, 2020. However, the parties will revisit this issue immediately prior to that date to determine if an extension is appropriate. Also on March 30th, NALC and the Postal Service agreed to an MOU which allows the Postal Service to employ temporary carrier assistance during the period between March 30th and May 27th as operationally necessary for the sole purpose of replacing city letter carriers who are absent due to the COVID-19. Recently, the Postal Service sent a letter to its managers and supervisors advising them to allow liberal changes of schedule and approval of leave in recognition of the disruption caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. It is inevitable and understandable 
but letter carriers will need to use leave to care for themselves and their families. Obviously, disruptions in mail service may result. Such service disruptions are necessary not only to protect letter carriers and their families, but to protect the overall general public as well. The ability for the Postal Service to employ these TCAs should help minimize these service disruptions. The parties will also revisit this issue immediately prior to the MOU's May 27, 2020 expiration date to determine if an extension is appropriate. Effective April 1, 2020, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act provides employees with two additional types of leave. First, employees with a qualifying circumstance as defined by the Act will be eligible for up to 80 hours of paid emergency leave in addition to their sick leave balances. Second, employees who have a minor child whose school or place of care is closed will be eligible for leave under the Family and Medical Leave Act, the majority of which is additional paid leave. These provisions will apply from April 1st, 2020 through December 31st, 2020, and are in addition to any personal annual and or sick leave balances that you have. An employee is entitled to use the additional 80 hours of paid emergency sick leave for absences related to COVID-19 if the employee is unable to work, including unable to telework, because the employee, number one, is subject to a federal, state, or local quarantine or isolation order related to COVID-19. Number two, has been advised to self-quarantine by a health care provider. Number three, is experiencing COVID-19 symptoms and is seeking a medical diagnosis. Number four, is caring for an individual subject to a federal, state, or local quarantine or self-quarantine. Number five is caring for his or her child whose school or place of care is closed or the child care provider is unavailable due to COVID-19 related reasons. And number six is experiencing any other substantially similar conditions specified by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In regard to qualifying reason one, in many cities and states, government authorities have issued a quarantine or isolation order related to COVID-19. Some local and state governments have also identified groups of people that should self-quarantine, such as individuals over a certain age. While the Postal Service is considered mission critical and not subject to state and local directives, employees that choose to self-quarantine in these circumstances may use up to 80 hours of this emergency sick leave to cover their absence. All career and non-career employees, regardless of tenure, are immediately eligible for up to two weeks of fully or partially paid emergency sick leave. Full-time career employees can receive up to 80 hours of paid emergency sick leave. Part-time career employees can receive emergency sick leave up to the number of hours equal to their average work hours during a two-week period or the hours they would have worked. Non-career employees can receive emergency sick leave for up to 80 hours based on their average work hours during a two-week period or the hours they would have worked. 
For qualifying reasons one, two, and three, the emergency sick leave is 100% of the letter carrier's pay, but capped at $511 per day and $5,110 total. For qualifying reasons four, five, and six, the emergency sick leave will be no less than two-thirds of the letter carrier's pay, but capped at $200 per day and $2,000 total. With regard to the other type of additional leave, the emergency family and medical leave expansion, an employee is entitled to take leave related to the COVID-19 if the employee is unable to work, including telework, because the employee is caring for his or her child whose school or place of care is closed or the child care provider is unavailable due to the COVID-19 related reasons. This qualifying reason is the same as qualifying reason number five for the emergency sick leave. All employees that have been employed for 30 days or longer are eligible for this benefit if they meet the qualifying reason. This new qualifying reason does not add to the 12 weeks of FMLA already provided for in the law. When using this new qualifying reason, the first 10 days of the 12-week FMLA coverage will be unpaid. To receive pay for the first 10 days, an employee can choose to use their own earned leave or may use the 80 hours emergency sick leave explained above. The remaining 10 weeks of FMLA leave for this qualifying reason will be paid leave. This leave is required to be paid out at no less than two-thirds of the letter carrier's pay, but capped at $200 per day and $10,000 total. The Postal Service states it is working on implementing these new leave requirements and will be disseminating additional corporate-wide communications in the coming days including how this leave is to be managed and tracked within the time and attendance collection system tax. This statement will be posted uh, on the website and there will be two charts that outline the qualifying reasons and the eligibility of employees that I just went over. Again, the two new types of leave identified above are in addition to the contractual benefits to which postal employees are otherwise entitled. I previously reported on some recent MOUs in my, my March 18th statement found on the COVID-19 page on the NALC website, in which NALC and the Postal Service agreed to address obvious concerns such as child care needs caused by the large number of schools and daycares that have closed and the need for city carrier assistance, CCAs, to have additional paid leave to use during this unprecedented crisis. M1910 allows career letter carriers to use sick leave for dependent care to care for a child as the result of a closed daycare, school, or the unavailability of the child's primary caregiver. M1911 gives city carrier assistance an additional 80 hours of paid leave to use for specific reasons in connection with the COVID-19 pandemic since CCAs do not earn sick leave. Both of these memos expire on May 27, 2020 as well. However, the national parties again will revisit these issues immediately prior to that date to determine if an extension is appropriate. Recently, 
The Postal Service released a revised document directing its supervisors and managers how to make decisions regarding steps to take and what type of leave should be afforded to employees who have had certain forms of exposure or potential exposure to COVID-19 or who have traveled to certain countries or by way of a cruise ship. The guidance is offered for employees who fall into one of the following six categories. One, an employee who tests positive for COVID-19. Two, an employee who develops a fever and symptoms such as a cough or difficulty breathing. Three, an employee who has visited certain countries or traveled on a cruise ship in the past 14 days. Four, an employee who shares a household with an individual who has tested positive for COVID-19. Five, an employee who has been exposed outside of work to an individual who has tested positive for COVID-19. And six, an individual who has been exposed to an individual who was exposed to an individual who tested positive for COVID-19. When an employee tests positive for COVID-19, they should be placed on the emergency sick leave provided by the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Again, this leave is above and beyond the leave letter carriers normally earn, and it is afforded to all employees, whether career or non-career, and without regard to length of employment. When an employee develops a fever and symptoms such as a cough or difficulty breathing, they should also be sent home and placed on the emergency sick leave provided by the Act. After an employee returns from travel on a cruise ship or from a level three country, they too should stay home for 14 days and also be paid emergency sick leave as provided by the Act. If that employee letter shows symptoms of COVID-19 and has exhausted the emergency sick leave, they must remain at home on normal sick leave or annual leave until they're cleared to return to work. If an employee shares a household with an individual who is tested positive for COVID-19, they should stay home and be afforded emergency sick leave as provided by the Act. Employees in this situation should stay home until the household member has had no fever for at least 72 hours at least three full days of no fever without the use of any fever-reducing medications, and other symptoms have improved, for example, when a cough or shortness of breath has improved, and at least seven days have passed since COVID-19 symptoms first appeared. If an employee has been exposed outside of work to an individual who has tested positive for COVID-19, then the district or area occupational health nurse administrator should contact the local health department for advice. If the local health department reviews the circumstances and orders the employee to quarantine, then he or she should be afforded up to 80 hours of the emergency sick leave in accordance with the act. If the local health department reviews the circumstances and does not order the employee to quarantine, then he or she can return to work. If the local health department does not perform the review as requested, then the occupational health nurse will make the determination whether to quarantine the employee or not. If an employee has been exposed to an individual who was exposed to an individual who tested positive for the virus, then he or she will be cleared to work. 
The Postal Service states that according to CDC guidelines, people in this situation are not considered exposed. The guidelines issued by the Postal Service have been given to supervisors and managers so they know what to do in those certain situations. If you believe you may have been exposed to COVID-19 and such exposure does not necessarily fit into one of the above categories to be quarantined, you may self-quarantine. Or if you are concerned that you may be exposed to someone at work who you think should be quarantined, you may self-quarantine. If you call and share your concerns with your doctor and your doctor advises you to self-quarantine, you can use the 80 hours of emergency sick leave provided by the Act. Or if there is a state or local quarantine or isolated order related to COVID-19 in effect where you live, you may also use the 80 hours emergency sick leave to self-quarantine. And in any case, you can always use your own leave to self-quarantine. In the event you are contacted by a local public health official and identified as someone who may have had contact with an individual who has tested positive for coronavirus, please immediately inform your supervisor and local NALC branch officer as a means to protect your coworkers and community. I am continuing to ask that letter carriers communicate with their NALC branch officers or national business agent if they see problems in their office with lack of cleaning, shortage of sanitizing supplies, stand-up talks not being conducted, social distancing not being practiced, quarantine protocols not being followed, or any instruction that conflicts with the guidance being provided by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We have been successful getting many of these issues resolved with the Postal Service, but we need to know where the problems are so we can get them fixed. We communicate daily, hourly with the Postal Service officials regarding these issues, and we are committed to doing our part to correct each issue as it arises. The Postal Service is committed to provide daily supplies necessary for postal employees to clean frequently touched items in the office, as well as provide necessary supplies for letter carriers to use to clean steering wheels and other frequently touched surfaces in postal vehicles. They have also committed to provide supplies for use while on the street, such as hand sanitizer, as well as cleaning supplies to maintain cleanliness on surfaces in the vehicle and on other surfaces we encounter on the street. You should have sufficient hand sanitizer to keep your hands clean all day as you touch the many surfaces on your route. They have also committed to provide masks and nitrile gloves for any employee that requests them. It is my understanding that the large shipment of supplies the Postal Service received on March 23rd and March 25th at its central distribution warehouse in Topeka, Kansas, are now being received in delivery units throughout the country. If your manager or supervisor tells you that supplies are backordered, please ask them if they order them directly from the postal facility in Topeka. The Postal Service has informed us that they now have a significant amount of supplies on hand at this facility and are distributing them. 
If orders are placed through vendors rather than directly from Topeka, they will likely be back ordered. In my March 25th, 2020 statement found on the COVID-19 page on the NELC website, I discussed what letter carriers should do locally regarding such unsafe conditions. Please refer to that statement for an in-depth explanation of how to report such conditions, as well as management's responsibility to correct them. If you are told by your supervisor to work in an unsafe environment, either in the office, in the vehicle, or on the street, please inform your local union representative, branch president, or the national business agent immediately. The Postal Service headquarters continue to distribute mandatory stand-up talks related to the virus, which should be given in every post office across the nation. These stand-up talks are posted on the safety and health and COVID-19 pages of NELC's website. If you see stand-up talks which have not been given, please tell a union representative about this as well. I want to remind everyone again that NELC worked with the Postal Service to establish alternate delivery instructions to eliminate customer contact for mail that requires customer signatures. As a result, the Postal Service temporarily modified customer signature capture procedures for the mobile delivery device sign-on glass feature for PS Form 3811, PS Form 3849, and any hard copy receipt items usually signed by the customers. The new process is outlined in my March 25th statement, as well as on the NELC website on the COVID-19 page. NELC has always been committed to providing the necessary resources for our members and union representatives. To provide letter carriers with as much information as possible related to the pandemic, NALC created and updated a COVID-19 page under News and Research on the NALC website. On it, you will find my weekly statements, links to the podcast in which Executive Vice President Renfro delivers regular updates on COVID-19, new memorandums of understanding and effect during the pandemic, all the mandatory stand-up talks which should have been given in your office, information from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, information from the Postal Service, and the recently created COVID-19 at NALC.org resource. In addition to contacting your shop steward, branch officer, or national business agent, NALC has a new resource for members to ask any questions about the COVID-19 pandemic. COVID-19 at NELC.org. Many NELC members have used this new resource. Again, if you do not have the supplies you need to keep yourself safe, please contact a branch officer or your NBA to let them know. But you can also use this new email address to voice your concerns. In addition to using this new resource to ask questions, Please use it to report COVID-19 related issues in your facility when you do not have immediate access to a steward or branch officer and you are unable to contact your NBA office. Please be sure to include your name and NELC branch number in your email. Having this information up front allows NELC headquarters to quickly connect members with the information they need. We recently announced the postponement of the 28th Annual Letter Care Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive, 
which was scheduled for May 9th, 2020. The annual success of the food drive is largely due to the efforts of letter carriers, other postal employees, postal customers, community volunteers, and many more. Their safety is of paramount importance. Much of the United States is currently under shelter in place or similar advisories due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And public health authorities, such as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, have issued guidelines that include social distancing. While it is unknown how long these guidelines will remain in place, it is highly unlikely that those involved in the food drive will be able to safely participate just six weeks from now. NALC, as well as our national partners, are fully committed to rescheduling the food drive later in 2020. Although a new date has not yet been scheduled, we look forward to once again holding the largest one-day food drive in America when it is safe to do so. As you probably know, on September 20th, 2019, Negotiations for a new collective bargaining agreement between the NALC and the Postal Service came to an impasse. At that point, the parties entered a mandatory 60-day mediation period as required by statute. The parties also used the mediation period to continue negotiations while simultaneously attempting to agree on a neutral arbitrator in the event the parties remained at impasse after the 60-day period. In early February, after unsuccessfully coming to terms on a new contract, arbitrator Dennis Nolan was selected as the neutral chair of a three-person arbitration board to be responsible for resolving the bargaining impasse between the NALC and the Postal Service. Afterwards, several dates were agreed upon for both parties to present their positions before the arbitration panel, which will ultimately render a final and binding decision on the contents of a new national agreement. Major issues are at stake, and we still have many unresolved differences regarding both economic, operational, and workplace provisions. Considering the current disruptions from the COVID-19 pandemic, NALC is exploring the idea of an extension to our current contract and or postponing the scheduled interest arbitration. Any decision to postpone our interest arbitration or to extend the current contract will not be made in haste. Our collective bargaining goals have not changed, and ultimately, we will do what gives us the best opportunity to accomplish those goals for letter carriers. In the meantime, our current collective bargaining agreement remains in force pending final resolution of the party's dispute. Additionally, NELC's national convention is scheduled to be held August 17th through 21st in 2020, this year. We received many questions regarding its status. As the country watches event after event, either being postponed or canceled due to the pandemic, there's no guarantee that our convention will take place as scheduled. While the NALC Executive Council is currently not postponing or canceling our convention, we're doing our due diligence and communicating with the convention center and convention hotels to explore our options in the event that such a decision must be made. The National Convention includes complicated logistics for both headquarters and branches. If we reach the point where it is obvious holding the convention safely is not possible, that information will be immediately communicated to the branches. We continue to remain very involved with our congressional representatives with regard to proposed 
provisions for stimulus packages related to the virus. As plans for the next stimulus package are being developed, we are again pursuing appropriations to keep the Postal Service healthy through the crisis. Additionally, we want to be sure that we are included in any hazard pay provisions for frontline workers. On another stimulus note, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, called the CARES Act, was signed into law on March 27, 2020. And it provides for economic impact payments to virtually all Americans, including active and retired letter carriers. These payments, $1,200 for individuals and $2,400 for married couples, plus $500 for dependent children under age 18, are often called stimulus checks because they are part of a $2.2 trillion package of measures to stimulate the economy and extend unemployment insurance benefits. The package was enacted in response to the sharp downturn in the economy caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. The payments will be distributed by the Internal Revenue Service in about three weeks, though the IRS may need several months to distribute all the payments. The IRS intends to distribute most of the payments through electronic fund transfers directly to taxpayers' bank accounts using the bank account information provided on households' 2018 or 2019 tax returns. For those who filed paper returns or for whom the IRS does not have bank account information, payments will be sent by mail. However, the IRS announced that it is setting up a website where individuals can provide bank account information to get the payments transferred electronically. There's two important details that might be relevant to some of you in some instances. First, the payments will be reduced for households with higher incomes, such as individuals with adjusted gross incomes of more than $75,000 in 2018 or 19 or $150,000 in the case of married couples. The payments apparently will be reduced by $5 for every $100 of income over the thresholds. Second, Americans who did not file a tax return in 2018 or 19 will have to file a special form to qualify for the economic impact payments, but not if they receive Social Security benefits. The IRS will get their bank information or address from the Social Security Administration. Like I said at the beginning of this statement, much has changed and the changes continue to come quickly, daily if not hourly. NELC strives to provide letter carriers with the most current information possible, and we will continue to do so as we navigate working through this pandemic together. Please continue following the CDC's recommendations and please do everything you can to protect yourself, your family, your co-workers, and your customers. The Postal Service is part of the critical infrastructure of this nation. We provide an essential public service of the federal government for the American people. And during this crisis, that service becomes even more important. We are the only universal delivery and communications network servicing every home and business every day. And our customers will need us now more than ever to deliver prescriptions, additional online purchases, virus test kits, coronavirus updates, the list goes on, and likely for this year's elections. Letter carriers in every neighborhood 
are a source of comfort and a welcome sign of normalcy to the American people. That has been true during recoveries from hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, wildfires, and other disasters in the past, and is now true as we all cope with the current national crisis. Once again, if you have any questions or issues to report, please contact a branch officer or your national business agent or use the COVID-19 at NALC.org email address. In closing, I want to thank you for your dedicated service to your customers and each other. You are all heroes, and I and all the NALC employees are proud to work for you. Please be safe, and good night. That was NALC President Fred Rolando with the audio version of his statement to NALC members dated April 3rd. 2020. Now, you heard in the statement a number of of topics covered, some updates from previous um, statements or or places, other information that you've heard in the past, and also some new information on uh, things that are of interest to all letter carriers, such as the new categories of leave that have been created by some of the legislation that's been passed in in response to the the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, as we go forward on the next few episodes of this podcast, we'll we'll get in depth on on issues like like that leave as well as some others. Um, but for the remainder of tonight's podcast, I want to take a, a couple of questions from listeners. Um, the last few we've taken on the last few episodes were from Twitter, so tonight I think we'll take a, a couple of questions that we received on Instagram. And thanks to everyone who who submitted questions, we got quite a few. But we'll pick these couple that we have some time for to answer that that hopefully will be of interest to um, to everybody listening. The first, as I said, comes from Instagram from at Julie MCC zero six. That is at Julie MCC zero six. Uh, Julie says there have been multiple articles and news stories regarding the Postal Service not financially surviving past June of 2020 due to this pandemic, drop in mail volume, etc. What is NALC's take on this? Um, NALC's take is, uh, I think, the facts. And the facts are that this pandemic is beginning to have a significant impact on the Postal Service's revenue, a significant impact on mail volume. Um, We recognize and and are constantly working with uh, members of both parties on Capitol Hill, even though they're at home in recess right now with their staffs and and still communicating with with the leadership in both houses of Congress on the need for financial relief for the Postal Service, uh, for the impact that we are feeling, just as many other, most businesses probably around the country have felt. If you remember what you saw from the third stimulus package, Last week, um, there was financial relief for a number of of large companies because they were impacted by this pandemic, and the Postal Service is is no different. But before I want to, I'll talk a little bit about generally what uh, we'll look for in the next piece of legislation is it does appear that that there will be uh, a fourth so-called stimulus package or, or, or investment package to try to ease the um, economic and impact of, of the COVID-19 pandemic. But first, I want to just make kind of a clear distinction. So many of you listening have, have heard and, and understand that the Postal Service's finances, uh, their financial difficulties over the last decade plus 
are due to Congress's passing a law in 2006 that had a lot of good things in it, the, the Postal Accountability Enhancement Act, but unfortunately included a mandate to prefund future retiree health benefits. That's been responsible for the vast majority of the losses, and, and no other company, public or private or government agency, has a mandate to do such a thing. So that has been responsible for the losses, uh, most of the losses over the past decade plus. What we're experiencing now is simply the effect of the economy slowing down and this the, the loss of revenue and the loss of mail volume putting the Postal Service in a very precarious financial situation. So our approach for the next stimulus package and what we've already begun communicating is we think it's very important for this country and the Postal Service because of the service we provide for Congress to take into consideration and provide financial relief for the Postal Service to restore us uh, as best anyone can project to where we were from purely a revenue perspective, a financial perspective prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, just as Congress did for many, many other companies um, and some individually in the previous stimulus package. So uh, it, it's still a little early. I mean, we've got, uh, we're probably looking at another at least two weeks, probably two to three weeks before they in earnest get back here to D.C. and begin to work on another stimulus package. But we've already begun communication. Um, and Julie, I guess to directly answer your question about uh, the Postal Service not surviving past June of 2020, there are a number of different projections as far as you know when the Postal Service would get in such a financial um, predicament that operations would be in jeopardy. Uh, when they would run out of cash and so on. Um, those vary. It's just, as everyone is well aware, this pandemic is, is very unpredictable, as is the impact. But once, one thing is for sure, the impact is negative. The trends we're seeing are not good financially. And there will come a point in time, sooner rather than later, whether that's June of 2020, July, August, but it won't be much past that, if at all where the Postal Service is going to be in a, in a very, very bad financial position, which puts, you know, jeopardizes not only our jobs, but the important service that we provide to the American people. And this is why that we are messaging and, and discussing with Congress um, and also have to message to the administration that the Postal Service is important for this country and failure to act to help the Postal Service through this difficult time, just as they have already helped many large private companies would be very detrimental to this country. So you can continue to listen here, check the website, you'll see information, particularly when Congress gets back in town and begins crafting uh, whatever legislation that will be considered negotiation between the parties and the administration and so on. But really good question. Thank you, Julie. And the next question that we'll cover is uh, also on Instagram from at dread. Lox Rasta, that's D-R-E-A-D-L-O-X-X-R-A-S-T-A. And the question is about hazard pay for letter carriers. And we're aware that that's a, a hot topic among um, many letter carriers. And look, also a hot topic, I'm sure, among other employee groups, whether that's, that's law enforcement, that's um, first responders, that's grocery store workers like our brothers and sisters here in, in the UFCW, you know, those of us that have to be out there that are working. Um, there has been some rumblings on Capitol Hill that uh, that could be a, a proposal from one party or the other uh, 
um, in or hopefully both uh, in the next stimulus package. Certainly, if there's any opportunity whatsoever for hazard pay for anyone to be included in one of those stimulus packages, that we will will fight just as hard as we possibly can to have letter carriers included in any hazard pay provision going forward. So once again, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you to all the letter carriers out there for all of your hard work. Um, It's very much appreciated by the American public as you know, as difficult as things are now, we're, I know everyone is always uplifted and, and, and warmed by the uh, letters of appreciation and signs and those sorts of things that we see from our communities. And that's always a good reminder that, um, you know, the work we do is very important to this country. But as always, I want to remind you, if you have questions, please feel free to submit them. There's a number of ways you can do that. You can email us at social at NALC.org, or you can ask us a question on social media. If you do, we ask you to please use the hashtag Y-A-T-C-R-P-O-D, hashtag Y-A-T-C-R-P-O-D. Please follow us on Twitter. We're at NALC underscore national. On Instagram, at Letter Carriers. On Facebook, at NALC.National, we have a YouTube channel called The Postal Record, and of course the website is NALC.org. So once again, thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to talking to you all next time. Stay safe.